uh, entitled, But God, But God. We were, I was fooling around with other like risque titles, but I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just have it straight up, But God, and I'm excited about this message, uh, this series we're going to be in, and then in October, we're going to uh, dedicate our whole month of October to, uh, we're calling it Ghost Stories, and we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit, and that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, because I think for a lot of us, uh, we know God the Father, we know God the Son, uh, but for a lot of us, we grew up where God the Holy Spirit was like not talked about, or if he was talked about, it was like in a weird way, you know, and so we just, uh, we, we think that the Holy Spirit is, is, um, is important to the house, to this church, and so uh, we're going to spend a month just talking about the Holy Spirit. But today, we are talking about but God. We're going to be in Mark chapter 5, verse 21, and, and this is going to, uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5 for the next three weeks, and we're going to be looking at a man named Jairus. And uh, so Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, uh, it says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Verse 24, final verse for today. So Jesus went with him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for this uh, opportunity that we have to be here together. God, we pray that you would just, uh, God, that you would just speak to us. Holy Spirit, you're our guest of honor this morning. And so we just, I pray, God, Holy Spirit, that you will do what only you can do in our hearts, in our lives. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us, God. And so we just thank you for that. I also want to say I thank you for the 49ers, God. I pray that you, hey, be quiet, I'm praying. God, I pray that you would uh, just be with them, Lord, in the pursuit of the Bears. God, we know that the Niners are your team. We love you. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said. Amen. And if you don't agree, you're still welcome here. I told Mikey, Pastor Mikey, uh, one of our pastors, I said, hey, you don't have to believe to belong, sir. And so, um, yeah, cheers. Oh, man, I got to focus. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I got to focus. So uh, maybe some of you guys can, can uh, you, you know what I'm talking about when I say this, but a morning routine as a parent is insane. Morning routine as a parent is insane. When you're a parent and you're getting your kids ready for school, it is crazy. It is crazy. Now, I don't, I'm not going to tell you this next part so you feel sorry for me. Uh, but, uh, but during Monday through Friday, uh, I, I have to journey this this getting the kids ready for school all by myself, okay? My wife decided to be responsible and get a job, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, really? And so I got to do this thing all by myself, and, and again, I'm not saying this for you to feel bad for me. I have three kids. Don't feel bad for me. Uh, they're all around the age where, our, my two oldest are at the age where they, like, 
Uh, you would think they're able to get ready for themselves, but they need a little hor- uh, coursing. They, they need a little help, like remembering what to do, like brushing their teeth. Okay. And so I've discovered uh, as I do this by myself, I love you, babe. As I do this by myself, I didn't know she was going to be in here this morning. So, <laughs> so part of it was like, am I changing the illustration? Just deal with it, John. Um, and, and so, so like I'm, I'm, I'm having to do this on my own, but I realize if I'm going to be effective getting my oldest kids on course, then I have to occupy my youngest. I have a younger, my, my youngest is four years old. And so what I do, don't judge, I let him watch YouTube, okay? I let him watch this guy playing with dinosaurs, which is a whole nother conversation. Uh, but, but he's fine. He's fine watching the, the, this guy play with dinosaurs. And so while he's doing that, like I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm helping my kids remember, hey, we have to get to school. And uh, the other day, this, this just recently happened, the other day, I, I do the routine, wake up my kids, uh, I put, my, my, my littlest puts on the, his YouTube, uh, his YouTube series that he watches, and uh, I'm, I'm getting my kids ready, I'm like, hey, just start getting ready. I go to the kitchen, okay, and I'm in the kitchen, I'm praying, I'm fasting for you guys, like, <laughs> or I'm catching up on season five of Cobra Kai, it doesn't matter, it's the same thing, and uh and, and, and so, like, I'm in the kitchen, I'm, 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 I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing, and my little boy, my youngest, my four-year-old, he comes running in the kitchen screaming. I'm like, Sammy, what's the matter? He said, Sissy took my TV. I'm like, oh, man. So I said this, I said this to my son. I said, Sammy, let your sister know that I would like to talk to her. And so he goes. And, uh, and, and, and so, like, I'm, 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 like, continuing whatever I was doing. And then all of a sudden, like, a couple, couple minutes later, my little girl, she comes in. And, and, and she, is, she comes in the cor- like, around the corner, and she's just bawling. My little girl na- uh, is drama by nature. I don't know where she gets it from, but she's, she's like, screaming. And she's, like, she's, like, <laughs> She's like, she's just hysterical, just crying. And I'm like, what's the matter? And she says, that, she says, Sammy said I was in trouble. I was like, what? Sammy said that I was in trouble. And she's like, just, just crying her head off. And I'm like, I didn't tell Sammy to tell you you're in trouble. I told you, I told Sammy to tell you to come here. And she's like, but I'm in trouble, he said. Like, no joke. God is my witness. This is happening. And I'm trying to get my kids to school on time. And she's just having this breakdown, this meltdown. And I'm like, I'm like she's, she's, she's just, she continues to say, Sammy said, I'm in trouble. Eventually, once I calmed her down, I, I said this to her, something along the lines. I said, I said, listen, don't worry about what Sammy says. Stop focusing on what Sammy says. And then I said this. I said, all that matters is what I say. Stop focusing on what Sammy said. And here's what I'm trying to get at. Here, here's what I want you to see. 
is that her her reaction was in response to someone who had no authority over the final overall product of what I was trying to get across. She had put, she had given someone authority over a situation that that person, little Sammy, had no authority to give her. And here's why I'm telling you this. If we are not careful, we too will give the wrong person the final say over ourselves. If you and I are not careful, we will give the wrong person the authority over the final say of how we're feeling. If we are not careful, we will give uh, the situation and the circumstance, whatever hard thing we're dealing with right now, we will give that thing the final say over our joy. If we're not careful, we will give the, the, the diagnosis, the prognosis of what the doctor said, we will give that the final say over the hope that we have. And, and, and so, so this morning, what, 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 I'm, what I'm trying, I, I want us just to rally around this idea that you can change the narrative. You can change the narrative. In fact, this is the great news. If you are here this morning and if you have made Jesus the boss of your life, if you said, Jesus, I want to I make you the Lord of my life, I want to give you my life, I have great news. The, and here's the news. When I do that, when I surrender my life to Jesus, no one else has authority over my final say. The only person that has the authority over the final say of whatever I'm going through is God. And so when I'm able to understand that two words change my life forever. Two words change the narrative of my life forever. But God. But God. And I love this phrase, but God, because what it does, but God, it acknowledges the situation, but it gives no authority to the situation. So we're not being naive. I hate how the church Christians have this, this, uh, this, uh, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, like, people are always like, oh, you guys are just naive. You have a broken arm, arms, perfect. No, bro, your arm's broken. So I'm not naive. Like I understand this situation, but God, I'm not giving my situation the authority. And so I could understand that I'm going through it right now, but God. I understand what the doctor told me, but God. I understand what I see in my marriage, but God. And so all of a sudden, my narrative shifts because I'm no longer subjected to what I see and what I'm going through, but now it changes. But God. But God. And I love this idea of but God. Someone once told me there's no greater but than God's. Hello. But God. But God, this morning, whatever you're going through, but God. Whatever you're facing, but God. 
but God. Now here's the catch, because there's always a catch. The narrative of but God does not come natural. It doesn't come natural. Like everything inside of me is driven by what I see. As a human being, everything that I'm driven to, everything that, that I latch onto is usually 98.9%, I just made that stat up, is, <laughs> is based off of what I see. I'm drawn, like, there, there's just a natural inclination for me to be drawn to what I see. And so to have this narrative, but God, take over my mindset, take over my life, I have to learn to rewire my heart and my mind. That I have to learn to, that there has to be a change, there has to be something different within me, if in fact I'm going to live this narrative, but God. And so here's my hope for you and for me within these next three weeks. Each week, I want to give you one posture, if you will, that, that will help you and help me to rewire our heart and to rewire our mind so that whenever we find ourselves in a situation, we're still walking through it with hope because but God. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, but God. I love it, but God. In fact, we see this, this phrase, but God, all throughout Scripture, too. Uh, you guys, there's a story in the Old Testament His name is uh, about this guy named Joseph. And Joseph was the youngest. His brothers were jealous of him, so they plotted to kill him. Then one of them was like, hey, let's not kill him, let's just sell him. And uh, <laughs> moral high ground, it's amazing. And uh, and, and, and so, so they, they take him, they, 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 they throw him in a pit, and then they sell him to Egypt, okay? And what we read in Acts chapter 7, verse 9, it says this. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But what does it say? But God was with him and rescued him from all of his troubles. The story of, of Noah, God floods the earth, and, and Noah and his fa God spares Noah and his family. They build an ark. They're in the ark. If I'm Noah, I'm getting seasick. Where's my drama mean? Like, I, like, I just want to get off this boat. God, did you forget about me? We read in, in, in Genesis 8, verse 1, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals. He sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the flood waters began to recede. But God, but God. I got one more for you. Uh, it's found in uh, Ephesians. And, and what I love about this one is, I don't know about you, but before, before Jesus was my Savior, before he, he rescued me, come on, I was messed up. I was jacked up. And I, I needed a hero. You know what I'm saying? Like I, need, I need a hero. Hey, I'm holding out for a hero. <laughs> He's got to be crying. He's got to. I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, we need a hero. I was messed up. I needed a hero. I needed someone. I needed a savior. But here's the deal. I didn't deserve a Savior. 
I needed someone to save me. Save you from what, John? From eternal separation from God. I needed a hero. I needed a savior. But I didn't deserve a savior. And then what we read in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, I believe. Let's check that out. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. The the author writes, he, he says, but God. But God, so rich in mercy, while you were dead to sin, called you to live because of what Jesus did on the cross. But God, all throughout Scripture, we see these two words change lives. But God, and and here, here it is this morning. I'm believing in faith. Those two words can forever change your life. But God. And so as we journey through, through, this, through this series for the next uh, few weeks, we're looking at the man, this man named Jairus. And what we're going to see about Jairus is that he found himself, he finds himself, excuse me, in a but God situation. Now, right off the bat, we're told two things about Jairus within the verses that we just read this morning, 21 through 24. Uh, two things we discover about Jairus. The first thing that is, that is important to our conversation this morning is that Jairus was a synagogue leader. Now, a synagogue is a Greek word, and it basically means a, a meeting to come together. And so, so Jairus, he, he was a synagogue leader. He was the leader in the Capernaum synagogue. And so he was like, he was a man full of power and prestige. He, he was a man that, that people would have saw and they would have been like, yo, there's Jairus. Like that's Jairus. He, he was a man, he was a man, again, of power and prestige. Now, the other thing that we are quickly told about Jairus is that not only does he have all the power, but we also discover that he finds himself in a desperate situation. we're, We're told that his daughter is on the verge of dying. That she's so sick that 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 she she's she's going to die. And so, so here is this, this situation that we're in. And we read in, uh, we read in Mark chapter 5 and verse 22, excuse me, verse 21, that Jesus, he, he gets to where, uh, he gets to this town, and, and, and Jairus gets word that Jesus is in town. And what Jairus does is he begins to search out Jesus. He, he's trying to find Jesus. He's in search for Jesus. And what is very interesting to me is that Jairus, he had to leave his situation in order to find Jesus. He had to leave his daughter, the one that was about to die, any second. He had to leave her in order to find Jesus, in, in order to find the one. He, 
he had to leave. I, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but I want you guys to understand the significance of what he's doing. He had to leave the bedside of his daughter to find Jesus. He, let me put it this way. He had to go from his situation to a savior. He, and, and so I'm reading this, right? I'm reading this and I'm like, man, I wish I could be like Jairus. I wish I could be like Jairus in that when I'm going through a situation that I know that I got to leave the situation in, or, in order to go to the Savior, but God. But unlike Jairus, and this is probably just me, probably not you, as I have the tendency to sit in my situation. I have this, this ridiculous propensity to sit in my sorrow. I have this, this, this just, there's something inside of me that it's just so much easier when I'm sitting down in my hardship. When I'm pondering on the situation that I'm going through. There, there's something about, man, I read about Jairus and I'm like, Jairus, I want to be like you. See, because Jairus, what he didn't do, he didn't sit in his situation. He was willing to leave the situation and go over to Jesus. And I think the, old, the, the reason why he did that is because he understood. He understood that, that the only way my situation is going to get better, the only way that my situation is going to change is if I'm willing to remove myself from the situation and spend time in the presence of the Savior. Spend time in the presence of Jesus. Like I need to find Jesus. And, and, and so here, here, is, here is kind of the, the big idea, the big takeaway for this morning. It's this. That before, before I can ever believe but God... I first have to understand only God. Before I can ever, before I can ever believe but God, before but God can ever become my narrative for any situation I go through, I first have to understand and internalize and believe only God. I first have to understand that I cannot just stay in my situation, but I have to be willing to pursue only God, only the Savior, only the one that can help me in my situation, only the one that can bring me joy, only the one that can bring me peace, only the one that can bring me hope, only, only God. And if I, if I was to sum, summarize only God into one word, it's this. Surrender. Surrender. So this morning, as, as we're learning how to rewire our heart and rewire our mind so that we can have this narrative of but God through every situation that we go through, the first thing that we have to learn to do is to surrender. Surrender. 
In fact, we see Jairus do this uh, in, in our text. He sees, he finally sees Jesus in the text. The text says that Jairus ran to Jesus and he fell to Jesus' feet. Now, culturally, this would have been looked down on. Because remember, Jairus, he was a man of power and prestige. And so to see this guy humble himself, fall at the feet of Jesus, people would have been like, oh, Jairus, no. Hey, get up, bud. You can't do that. Like, people would have been looking at him like, Jairus, dude, do you know who you are? Get up. But I love this because it's, it's almost as if Jairus didn't care who saw him. And it was almost as if Jairus didn't care what people were going to say about him. It was almost as if Jairus didn't care about the narrative that that culture was going to say about him. It was almost like Jairus didn't care about the people that are taking pictures of like, look at this guy. What is he doing? It's like Jairus didn't care. The only thing he cared about was that this Jesus, this man who was 100% man, 100% God, only he can help me in my situation. And so he decides to get on his knees and surrender himself to only God. Only God. So we can have the keys come up, and I'm going to wrap this up. And there's two, two things that I, I think are very important for us to surrender to. And here, here's the first one. We surrender to two things. The first one, we have to learn to surrender our expectation. Now, note, I'm not saying don't have expectation. <laughs> that was weird. I'm not saying we don't have expectation. But I'm saying we got to surrender our expectation. So we expect, we have hope, we have faith. But we have to learn to surrender our expectation so that we can be like, here's my expectation, God, but whatever you want, but whatever you desire is what I want. We have to get to the place where we understand that God's butt is better than our butt. You think your butt looks good. Let's see how far I can go with this. But your butt ain't nothing to God's butt. And so, so we have to learn to surrender our expectation. God, here's what I'm desiring. Here's what I want. But at the end of the day, I want your expectations to be my expectations. God, I want your desires to be my desires. Surrendering my expectation. So, so two things. We're, we're learning to surrender our expectation. Here's the second thing, and this is the biggest. We're learning to surrender our exaltation. Now, I looked up the word exaltation, and it's the ability to elevate someone or something to a ranking system. 
And so I am, I have to learn to surrender my exaltation of anything that I would place above Jesus. I have to learn to surrender everything to Jesus. To get to this place, hey, Jesus, listen, whatever you have for me, I'll surrender it to you. I'll give it to you. I'm not placing anything above you. I'm not placing my spouse. I'm not placing my relationships. I'm not placing my kids. I'm not placing my career. I'm not placing my friends. I'm not placing my house. I'm not placing money over you. I'm done. I'm done ranking things in my life. I surrendered. I'm giving it to you. In fact, that's what the gospel is. It's Jesus' kindness to us, dying on the cross for us, so that we can tap into all he has for us, here on earth, but also eternity. I'm surrendering it all to you. I'm surrendering it all to you. Friends, this is the foundation. This is the ground level. If you want to have the narrative but God, it starts with learning to surrender to God, understanding only God, and then surrendering, and then going from there. And so next week, I'm so excited because we're going to continue in on the story, the journey of this. 